music fuck shit. Nigga. What's goody, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of <sighs> Music Fuck Shit. I am Tonina. And I'm Stephanie. Heffernie. Uh This week we are doing a legend who I can't name a song um, <laughs> from, a but uh, I know he is a legend, a legend, okay, well, especially you know in the, the white song, world. And um, um, I'm sorry, Britain. but it's, it's really not just the white world. Is that's it, like being like that's like being like Michael Jackson's like I'm a dead star ass. in the black I'm, world. I'm dead ass. I don't know. He's huge. I know he's no. I knew he's huge. I yeah. didn't know it wasn't. It was okay. beyond. Do you know the song? Uh, White under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. Him and Queen. That's him and Queen. Yeah. So he's like. I thought it was just Queen pushing around with my grand. all the days. No way. It's it's the terror of knowing what this world is about. That's him. What's that? It's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends saying, let me out. Under pressure. That's the same. Oh, that's what he's saying. Okay, word. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, um, and then he also does, we could be heroes just for one day. Ooh. Ooh. Do you know the song? Ashes to ashes. No. Nope. But today we are doing... I'm an alligator. <laughs> no. Are you making shit up? It sounds like you're making shit up. It kind of does. Today we are doing David Bowie. That's right. David Bowie. David Bowie. Rebel, rebel, put on your dress. Rebel, rebel. So here's what I know about David Bowie. Okay. All that I know about this man... Not his music. Is not his music, but I do know that... I know his iconic album cover with the like lightning bolt looking mm-hmm. thing the makeup and the red hair that looks fantastic and i know he was married to iman and he left his estate to her by the way you want to get into the background do i yeah okay so he was born in england to a family mom dad brother and it was his half brother right terry was oh did you want to go over the oh i was just i was just being i was just clearing it up okay thank you (laughs) thank you so much so when he was six his father moved uh the family to a london suburb called bromley his family had a lineage of mental illness like on his mom's side there was a lot of schizophrenia the grandma was schizophrenic and the mom and his aunt had symptoms of schizophrenia so yeah you know that's what he was dealing with i also saw that like the nazis occupation and yeah. World War II in England kind of set off the family as well. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of stress. Yeah, a lot of stress and I know that can amplify mental health. Yeah, well, yeah, trauma can amplify uh, schizophrenia. 100%. In 1962, when he was 14, he was at school and a good friend of his named George Underwood and him got in a fight. Oh yeah, over that girl. Over a girl. And George punched him in the eye in which a fingernail got into. I didn't know that a fingernail? Yeah, a fingernail. And that is why one of Bowie's eyes looks more dilated than the other. If you look at his eyes, they look yeah. really different. Yeah. And it's um the reason why it looks that way is due to the condition he has, which is called anisource. Anis the stone. <laughs> Anis hold on. Anisosaria. Anisosaria. Yeah, and 
I know like a lot of people when looking at him thought he had two different colored eyes, but it was really just like his pupil was permanently dilated, right? Yes. I also read that it was like a serious, serious condition. I thought it was just like... Very rare. I thought it was just like a punch and then, oh, this happened. I didn't know he had like a series of operations. Like it was a serious oh, shit. injury. I didn't realize and that. Also, ew. Like, and the damage couldn't be repaired. Take care of your fucking fingernails. Like how did a little fingernail... Like well, it must he have is, been... Like, Flimsy. He was, it was like when they were teenagers. I know, but I wonder if the nail was like. Ew, yeah, like a Like the nail got in there. It wasn't or like, like it broke. scratched. Ew. It probably broke in there. It would fully damage his eye sight as well, not just like the appearance. Mm. And his depth perception was fucked. Yeah. But like, despite the altercation, they're like. He looks awesome. Still. <laughs> <laughs> he does look awesome, but him and his friend are still really Homies. close friends. Or yeah. were. Spoiler alert. He's dead. <laughs> um, no, but like that's so, it's so interesting. Yeah. I blame the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a name you don't, you know, what's her name? What, what, why isn't she? Why isn't she saying about? anything? This, this is what the podcast should be about. This bitch. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So he studied art, music, and design before embarking on a professional career as a musician. So, oh, art, design. Yeah, very artistic okay. motherfucker. Well, actually, no. And I'll tell you we'll more about that. that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So, Space Oddity uh, was released in 1969, and it was the first top five entry on the UK single charts. His first top five entry. Was that his first album or first release? He not ask me questions that i don't know Fine, the answers but to. like we in the past how like are we supposed to know everything no but like in the past though i've seen like uh, a pattern with the people like that have popped off that we've covered and it's like their first releases like probably go go pop off let's check in it the out UK. let's check it out let's check it out i also didn't know his alias was um ziggy stardust yeah i totally thought that was a completely different person. Are you fucking? That's growing the up. Character. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't that know. I, I know. That. Yeah, I know. It's his like Sasha Fierce. He had different like personas that he would kind of. Was that the mental illness or was that the artistry? Well, actually, that's something I did come across that we'll get to. Okay, interesting. There was. Oh, I can bring it up now, but there was some like speculation or theories that maybe he was starting to show signs of schizophrenia and oh. was managing it through those different personas. Interesting. But also during his career, he had a cocaine addiction and was suffering that. with cocaine psychosis. That shit goes crazy. But I mean, let's be honest. Like, I don't know. It's like mental health, drug abuse and art really do kind of. Right. They're cousins. Moving along with his career in 1972, during the glam rock era, he created his alter ego, Ziggy Stardust, who was a very flamboyant and androgynous version of himself. The character spearheaded uh, the success of his single Starman and album The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars, which won him widespread popularity. Can I just say, I love album names that are long. Yeah, me too. I love it so much. We talked about that. Uh, I wish with I want Lana that to come back into fashion. Yeah, I think it is with uh, Lana Del Rey in the nineteen seventy five. Yeah, but they're like old. No, like no, it's Kipper. new. No, I know, but like as artists, like a lot of young artists are like TikTokers who like want quick, fast attention, and mm-hmm. like we have such a slow attention span that like God forbid we have to read out ten words. Yeah, I know, and we can't read either. 
and that's another thing um Anyway, in 1977, he again changed the direction of his aesthetic and his music by making an electronic inflected album called Low. So also in these years, it's so interesting because you're talking about Ziggy Stardust and like the flamboyant character. Yeah. He created in 1972. He came out as gay. Okay. Did you see, though, that... In 1972, he came out as gay, but then in 1976, he came out as bi, and yes. then in 1993, came out as a closet hetero. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, and so I wonder like how his albums shifted their sound throughout <laughs> those years. I want to know if there's a gay correlation. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make any sense. There's a correlation. His music started sounding a lot, a lot more, more hetero, <laughs> a lot more uh, like swash. Pearl Jam. <laughs> It was more classic Sublime. rock. <laughs> <laughs> he made more ska music yeah, no! as a result of white man, white man hero. That's hella funny. Um, I actually shamefully did not know this, but he had three collaborations with Brian Eno that came to be known as the Berlin Trilogy. Who's Brian Eno? Are you fucking? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, are you Serious right now? <laughs> Dead ass. This is I feel like I How mean, do you spell Eno? For someone who's in music, it's I probably missed uh this motherfucker completely. I mean I did. You definitely this definitely probably came across in your education. No, it did not. He was like a huge pioneer for uh like recording arts and experimentalism. Oh, that's cool. So do you know that song Once in a Lifetime by <laughs> I don't even know why I tried. He looks like the nigga from um, Men in Black. With, okay. With the pug. With Damn. The pug. Look with, at him. With the pug. Isn't it crazy how... Why well, he look prettier I'm than having, me? I, I know. I, I was yeah. just about to say. Okay, I have three thoughts right now that are <laughs> popping through my brain and I need to say them all. So first of all, why is it that like like white guys that are old will sometimes be like beautiful and like... Isn't it weird oh seeing God, like this beautiful, like feminine, artsy, long haired dude and then they just like grow up and look like someone's dad yeah no, seriously like, how does that work he literally looks like mike darcy that's what i'm saying i was like what my dad did not look like that when he was younger anyway <laughs> they worked with him yeah and, and on heroes which is a very popular track did you watch perks of being a wallflower okay <laughs> nine <laughs> I, I like all these pop culture references that are just nope. going over your head Meanwhile, I'm out here knowing Motivation by Kelly Rowland and that oh, that was Beyonce's oh, cousin. Please. I'm just saying. Oh, please. Make it make sense. I, okay, sorry. So do you know the Once in a Lifetime track? No. By um, fucking who sings Psycho Killer? Oh, um, David uh, Byrne. David Byrne. That's right. What Wait, was that band? David what was that fucking Talking band? Heads. Talking Heads. Who's white now? One. <laughs> 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 that's hilarious wait that is so you know what is actually the whitest song ever psycho killer no uh, no you know why though it's, people are like no. yeah psycho killer is like a cool no yeah we think we, we think that's like really cool that we did that i feel like like sweet yeah caroline we're kind of weird i feel like sweet caroline is wider than that dude yeah but like oh psycho like being like edgy like, weird yeah, for like, it's kind of weird when did that come out it's giving tote bags Oh yeah, totally. You know what like I giving mean? Journalistic. Like psycho killer, like yeah, it's a little weird. I don't know. Bleah. 
fa 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 bro i i literally discovered this song probably like anyway so this oh, 1977 okay but i do want to say because this actually might be really interesting for the listeners but so there's a song called once in a lifetime that has uh a very weird feel rhythmically which is weird because it's all in a pretty normal time signature but there's something about like the emphasis of the downbeat from each um, instrument that feels very like disorienting and the reason why is he put the click I hope I'm not butchering this he basically like the click track which for those who don't know it's like you're recording something that's one two three four one two the accent was on a different note for each player oh what yeah so it's like the drummer has it on like one and then so everyone has a different idea of where the one is wait that goes crazy and i think they're pretty isolated so it's like they put it down and it's like has this really crazy feel also i'm gonna i'm gonna fact check that while we are talking about something just because i want to make sure i'm explaining that right but it is it is a very yeah he was he brian you know had a lot of really interesting like recording techniques and uh has a lot of interesting philosophy on art making and music making and perceived the studio as his instrument oh interesting you know that's cool very creative was this during his bi era or what <laughs> this is brian eo we're not talking <laughs> no, about david Bowie. no i know but when they collaborated we're like so so were they, I, I need were they to, like were they having, fucking were they fucking <laughs> that's all i want to know no that's so interesting i kind of want to try that one day in 1980 bowie had three number one hits including ashes to ashes its album scary monsters and super creeps and under pressure in 1981 collaboration with queen which is the song that he's probably most known for i would say i would say every person who's five and up and born in 1995 knows that song who the fuck doesn't know the song under pressure no yeah they know that but i did not i guarantee i did not before but you know today but you know the song is what i'm saying i know the i know the song did not know it was david bowie and queen did you even know it was queen yes okay anyway during his lifetime his record sales baby (laughs) <laughs> and the reason I know that is because Mars goes pretty Go on. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> during his during his lifetime, his record sales estimated at over 100 million records worldwide, mm. which made him one of the best-selling musicians of all time. In the UK, he was awarded 10 platinum, 11 gold, and 8 silver album certifications and released 11 number one albums. In the US, he received 5 platinum and 9 gold certifications. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996. Mm. Uh, and then he died. No. <laughs> Uh, no, but also I read that he had the most vinyl sales or the, tw- oh, yeah. he was like the yeah. 21st, 21st person. Sorry. I think it was like 22nd person in the, tw- of the 21st century. So I'm going to get into his relationships. So he married his first wife, Angie in 1970, and she encouraged him to embrace his Ziggy Stardust persona, uh, because at the beginning of his career was like the 1970s when he was like, you know, questioning his sexuality and whatnot. And also fun fact, being gay wasn't decriminalized in the UK until 2000. I know. Isn't I, that cr- that. I had no idea. So 2000 was like yesterday. Also like what a waste of money. So like to police that, like who fucking cares? Angie and it has done interviews since the passing of 
David. And mm-hmm. she said that their relationship grew very, like, fiery. Um, and David is quoted saying that living with Angie was like living with a blowtorch. That's sucks i know but angie claimed that david forced her into an open marriage that she she was not into yeah and in that open marriage he quote had the instincts of a bisexual alley cat i said why i gotta be an alley cat (laughs) what does that fucking mean like instincts yeah like you just want to fuck anything in sight oh yeah he probably was like a sex addict i think so too i think so too which we'll get into later um but she said that they had a threesome the night before they got married. Oh, my God. And she caught him in bed with Mick Jagger. Wait, really? Yeah. I did not know so that. So, throughout this time... Wait, I have other tea I just remembered about yeah, him. Yeah, same. So, they were married for 10 years. Throughout this time, you know, she would... They would be in an open relationship that she would, didn't want to be a part of, obviously. He'd be fucking people, other people, men, women, whatever. But she blamed the fall of their relationship mostly on his drug use of course his drug of choice was coke and art his drug of choice was music coke it's so stupid music is my religion i had that shirt in like in middle school so bad um and any other amphetamine he could get his hands on Uh, music is my boyfriend (laughs) so he had been single from 1980 to 1990 right and during this time, his hairstylist described David as being the most lonely he's ever been in his life. Like, he would play in front of thousands and thousands of people, but he would just go home by himself, which I don't believe, um, and be <laughs> and be lonely as fuck. Aww. But you can still be fucking people and be lonely, but still. Like, That's he true. said that he was, he was all alone. Fast forward a decade, mm-hmm. 10 years, 1990, mm-hmm. his hairstylist sets him up with... None other than one of the most beautiful women in the world. Lady Gaga? At the time, an amazing model, Iman. Oh. David flew out just for that, just to meet her. Oh. And Sparks flew, which I'm like, that is such a random, like, looking back, I'm like, this is the most random, like, You saying Sparks flew, like, that's not a, um, yeah, and then they met up in Spark and the Sparks and, flew. And Sparks flew. I mean, what can I say? What can I, what can I say? Sparks flew. I, don't know, I just put it in the most, like, factual sense yeah um the sparks flew he was 43 and she was 35 which is a reasonable age gap then they married and they had a daughter in 2000 cool iman said that after his death which we'll get into she will never remarry cool i said couldn't be me <laughs> let's get into accusations while while he had this beautiful romance you know later on in his life in his 40s and beyond 40s to 69 when he died dream dream fairy tale iman described it as a fairy tale like perfect relationship these Happened. people are so crazy imagine no, describing they, they a relationship really as a fairy tale no like, they, the that's literally how she you? described it so a lot of his friends described him as being a sex addict it's addict you could say either or yeah so his friends described him as being a sex addict with a catalog of lovers old and young male and female and a tremendous appetite for all, which I hate that descriptor. I yeah, hate when people say appetite. Horny. Yeah, no, I know. Disgusting. So there's this woman named Lori Maddox. If you know what I mean. A tremendous appetite, if if you know what I mean. I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm not going to say clear it. enough. I don't know. <laughs> wink, wink. No, you know, it's like, so it's like with old people. It's like, let's just say you had a tremendous appetite. This woman named Lori Maddox 
who was 15 at the time, had a liaison with him, explained in a, in a later interview, I never thought of David Bowie as a pedophile. He would fuck anything. If he liked it, he would fuck it. Yeah. And so I think this is like the general understanding of him and his sex addiction or what it looks like, his alleged sex addiction, like on the outside, like people aren't even like viewing it as like a pedophilia. Like they're just like, he would fuck anything. He would fuck, fuck any human. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I hear that there's like a lot of emphasis on like, you know, him fucking anything. And he was even fucking people who were 22 years older than him, like Charlie Chaplin's widow una right and actress bet midler bianca jagger and susan sarandon you know who the like, fuck is bianca i guess it was one of Mick Jagger's former loves but yeah so people have tended from my research to group these young girls into the anything pile right. you know it's like there's not really a lot of emphasis on their age in 1987 a 30-year-old woman, Wanda Nichols, accused Bowie of forcing himself on her Uh-oh. after a concert tour stopover in Dallas. Bowie, who was 40 at the time, vehemently denied the allegations, calling them ridiculous and a ploy for attention. Thanks, Bowie. And then uh, the grand jury refused to indict <clears throat> Bowie on rape charges due to lack of evidence. So these accusations have been taken to court, but I see, I, no, no convictions, no indictments. Um. Yeah... What do you think about that? The fact that it all gets kind of summoned, summed under the conversation about him being a sex addict. I think it's stemming from the rock culture or like the celebrity yeah. culture, the Hollywood culture, the fame. It's like classic rock. It's like we expect them to do that. It was yeah, like normalized. Thing. Yeah, it was so normalized. I think it's pretty fucked up. And there's still not a lot of like even doing my research for this episode. There's still not a lot of facts out there right. or, or talks about it. I always think it's like when it comes to rape allegations, I don't know. I feel like the laws need to be changed. Like, I don't know what it would look like, but I'm like, how the fuck is there going to be evidence on rape? Well, you can do a rape kit. Which um, collects the... Yeah, but what if you're like... Yeah, I guess. I mean, and there there is evidence of like struggle. No, and but like, still, even still, know. rape kit doesn't mean... Like a lot of times it's like, it'll be like the person's like, I was raped. And they're like, no, nah, we had consensual sex, right? So it's like proving that the right, semen that. there is not going to fucking... That, I don't think a rape kit is enough. It's the most. Which is nothing. Can, which That you can It's like, no, she's get. no one's arguing Their that DNA, like semen isn't going to be in there. You know? Their DNA and also defense wounds. Sure, like, but it's not always bruising. like... But a lot of the times it's not, it, it's not like super violent. Yeah. It, and back then too, it was just like, they didn't even like say that word. Yeah. Like nobody was giving any time to like rape victims or, you know, so who knows, but it's like not the only, you know, accusation. Oh, wait, no, I have a really crazy thing to bring up. Tell me. Which is kind of funny. Actually, it's not funny. But at one point, David Bowie, this was like in the mid 70s. He said, I believe very strongly in fascism. The only way we can speed up this sort of liberalism is that's hanging foul in the air at the moment. The only way is to speed up the process of the right wing, totally dictatorial tyranny, dictator, whatever the fuck, and get it over with as fast as possible. Dude, yeah. And he's like, people have always responded with a greater efficiency under a regimental leadership. A liberal waste time saying, well, now what ideas have you got? Show them uh, what to do, for God's sake. If you don't, nothing will get done. I can't stand people just hanging about. Television is... The most successful fascist, needless to say, rock stars are fascist too. Adolf Hitler was one of the first rock stars. 
Exactly. Dude, what is... I'm also, Dude, okay, it's like, in what this world? This is what I want to say. I'm like, sorry, but like, did you study politics, David? Poli sci major. You studied fucking art and design. That's what I <laughs> What fucking, the fuck makes you like, qualified? Shut the, like, literally, what makes you shut qualified to speak on up. the topic? Is that that like the ego that snow. artists get is so funny. No, I know, dude. But, like because I touch people's lives with no, my they, music, I think their, I know a thing or two about government. It's them being idolized and like during yeah, he, the time he, that he, he said was, like, this, Hitler like his ability to like control audiences is like Mick Jagger. Cool. So it's giving cool. Kanye, and he referred to himself as like Aryan vibes. Yeah, well, he is Aryan, uh, or he does give Aryan. So. And also at a subway station in England, he did the Nazi he, salute. Yes. And so he recounted all this and was saying, he recanted, yeah. recanted, don't, he's like, nah, I don't believe in fascism. And I was having psychosis from Coke. Yeah, dude. Um, which I believe, I mean, according to his guitarist, he would like forget his lyrics when performing and shit. And the yeah. guitarist would have to, have to um, fill in the blanks and shit. Because of his coke use, he would fall into similar psychosis that his family members suffered from with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, but you know, it was because of his cocaine and amphetamines, and then that's when he moved to Germany to get Germany. sober. Germany. To get sober. Yes. But I think that's so funny that he had like those fascist statements because later on in uh, 1983 interview, he asked the, the journalist, "Why don't they play black artists?" Like other channels do. And the reporter was like, yeah, we're doing that. We're trying to do that more in like New York and L.A. But like in the Midwest, we don't know how our audiences are going to react type shit. Like, what are they going to say? It's like, nigga, there's the fucking niggas in the Midwest. What year was this? 1983. But so like, obviously from his cocaine. Yeah, I think he's a little cuckoo Yeah, obviously that's going to like make you fall into some psychosis. Um, I also think it's like one of those. In his history of, of. Family yeah. mental illness. I think even, uh, I mean, maybe I, this kind of is contradictory to what I've said in the past, but like, I don't know, the voices of artists sometimes don't, are kind of over amplified, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, this is, he's just, he some, said that he's just on fucking strung times, out on yeah. Coke. Yeah. Some dude. dumb shit. Like Kanye. It's like a fucking. Dude, like, I know. Like the nigga is unmedicated. Yeah. Like, like, obvi- like, have you, it's like, have you been in Hollywood and like seen what these homeless people fucking say? But like it's like being that bit a celebrity. They have they have the platform. They have the mic. You know? I know. So I know. It's like everybody is, and they have like this uh, idolization. You know, of they're course, they're so idolized. So it's like, of course, we're gonna give them screen time, and then and then that's to their down, that's to their detriment, or or not. I wonder how his fans reacted during that time, like in real life, but like during these, like I love Hitler, you know, <laughs> comments. Ew, people are so dumb. So obviously being on coke for years and on amphetamines for years and mental illness for years can lead to health issues. So in 2004, he shortened a concert in Prague because he thought he had a pinched nerve. Two nights later at a festival in Germany, he collapsed and he was rushed to the hospital where he was diagnosed with a block artery where he Uh had to undergo uh, surgery to unclog that bitch. Scary. And that would be his last full show. So in 2004, that's a long ass time not performing. Damn, struggling. That's huh? a long ass time not performing. He disappeared completely from the spotlight until 2013 when he released his new album, but he never gave a live performance. He didn't do any interviews to support it. Later in around 2015, 2016, he arrived to the studio to record his final 
album with no hair, no eyebrows. Uh-uh. He had been diagnosed with liver cancer and was receiving chemo. He didn't want anybody to fucking know this shit. He didn't want uh, the album to be leaked at all since it contained messaging inspired by his cancer and inspired by death, which he knew was upon him. Mm-hmm. All the musicians had to sign NDAs because his lyrics were so blatant and talking about how he's going to die soon. That's like how, so like, or I'm, I'm in, I'm up here now. Um, oh my god you know, that's sad yeah really like just direct messaging talking about how he's no longer on earth which is so trippy i can't imagine like writing something like that and then uh, two days after his birthday at the age of 69 oh he my died god, i can't believe i'm gonna die one day he died at the age of 69 two days after his birthday and two days after the release of his album i know black star i know and weeks leading up to his death he recorded five demos to new songs um and he told his producer that he wanted to make one more album with those songs but obviously it's not awkward (laughs) so i wonder if those demos are anywhere probably probably Probably, they'd be they would probably be in like the british smithsonian or some shit or any mon's attic yeah but but yeah that's that's Davi Bowie. I think that was a pretty good episode. Yeah, me too. Um, I'll probably go listen to some of his shit. I, I kind of want to listen to Black Star. Heroes. Like, no, I kind of want to listen. Yeah, I'll listen to definitely his like hits and shit, but I kind of want to listen to Black Star to hear like what he's writing about, like being on the other side or what he imagines the other side would be like. Yeah. All right, y'all. We see you next week. Bye. 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 Nigga. Nigga.